0: Uh author chip hauser and i discussed literary science fiction you up, and I don't think I figured you out. Um, you probably discovered very little about me unless you were on the dark web. No, I wasn't on the dark web. <laughs> Shoot, I didn't think to check the dark web. So what do you write?
1: Well, I probably write literary uh, science fiction, okay. literary fantasy. Um, mostly what I have published is um, flash fiction. Okay. And that would be, I think I have a story at Daily Science Fiction that's uh, probably 750 words science fiction. And then some literary stuff at Everyday Fiction, um, and I'm blanking on where else. Oh, and I, my most recent story was, was last summer, and it was in, uh, in uh, New Myths, which is
0: published by uh, some odd fellows. You're going to hear terms like Odyssey and Odyssey Writers' Workshop. What that refers to is the Odyssey Writers' Workshop. And uh, those who graduated are called Odd Fellows. If you're a writer and you want to join the workshop, go visit odysseyworkshop.org. It's a six-week workshop, and you'll want to apply six months in advance.
1: Oh, and my most recent story was was last summer, and it was in... uh in uh, new myths, which is published by uh, some authors as well, and that story is uh, is literary horror, I think, oh, cool. because it, it cover, it's basically a, one in a, in a series of link stories, in which we're workshopping here at TNEO, uh, in which the, there's a, a, a virus, in quotes, that is afflicting the world, but it's doing it from the oldest person to the youngest person, and we are unable to figure it out, and time runs out pretty quickly on that. So it's a series of studies of, of characters along that timeline, and at the end, there is an entity that speaks to one of those victims and figures it out.
0: It's character-based stuff, not okay. hard science fiction. Right um, Where's that line drawn for literary fiction versus genre?
1: As far as I can tell, uh, literary fiction is it doesn't necessarily require the plot structures that we learn at TNEO or at Odyssey. Uh, and it, they're definitely more character-focused. I mean, literary, everybody knows, is, is not, you know, it's set in, it's grounded in the real world. Um, in my opinion, any fiction is speculative. That's what makes it fiction. But mm. my stuff tends to focus on a single character or, uh, or two characters. And okay. It does not generally have big, mind-blowing novums. Like it, I, I do not write like Larry writes, which is he, t- he comes up with a thousand ideas, and he has very specific, wild, way-out-there stuff.
0: I interviewed Larry in episodes 53 through 56. You'll find those in the show archive. If you want to hear from the brainstorm, that is Larry Hodges.
1: My stuff sticks a little closer to home. Um, I do write second world fantasy, but I have not published any of that, so I don't feel like I can really speak to that. (laughs) Second world fantasy like um, Lord of the Rings, oh. uh, fantasy set on a different world oh. other than Earth. Oh, I didn't know yeah. about that. That's yeah. Cool. So like Harry Potter is not second world fantasy, although technically maybe Hogwarts is. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that, I mean my stuff is not it's not high action. It's it's really character based, hmm. um, and that's partly because I I just finished my uh, MFA in creative writing hmm. at the University of Missouri in St Louis. Well, congrats! And that's, thank you. It, it took five and a half years because I work, I'm a, by day I am an architect, so uh, it took a long time. Mm. But it was good, and they were very encouraging there, uh, not really understanding literary, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, speculative fiction, mm-hmm. but being supportive of it and, and learning from it. And I was probably a good test subject for them because I definitely write more, I write sort of between literary and and traditional speculative fiction, cross-genre I guess. So the story that I have in New Myths is a a good example of it. I think it has strong elements of new weird fiction in it. Uh, It has, it's a, it's a, a study of a specific character it's mm-hmm. definitely a little bit of a horror in there. And the premise, the novum, of course, is science fictional. So mm-hmm. that's a good example. I And I love that story, but I, it was kind of a fluke. So I'm uh-huh. trying
0: to do that again. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> always nice to have that. Like, oh, I did something. It was, I really love it. Now, let's see if I can try it again. How do I do it again? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Can you mention a couple of titles that you would say are classic literary speculative fiction? There are some novels that I just keep going back to as as.
1: The kind of stuff that I would like to write, and one of them, which is more like classic science fiction, in theory, but which is slower paced, is uh, Richard Matheson's "I Am Legend," which was written in like in the mid nineteen fifties. But it's a it's a story where a single uh, man is left alive at the end of after a big apocalypse, and he's he's living in his house. He's fortified it against these creatures, which were people that became, thing like, um, kind of like zombies. It's really one of the first zombie stories. Except there's a really delicious twist that comes in the novel toward the end. But it's not. It's not. It, there is action, but it's really about this guy's got he's got problems, and it's you know it's it's a horror novel. It's a science fictional, but I, I think it has a lot of good literary qualities to it. Uh, it was written in the fifties, though, so it, you know there's some stuff in there where it's a little cringy, but mm-hmm. you know, I still think it's a classic, but classic literary fantasy, boy, oh boy, what was cringy? I'm curious. just cultural things like, oh, oh, come on, white guy, don't oh, don't yeah. don't think that don't don't talk about women that way Oh, right, right, right,
0: right you know
1: how about not how about not reinforcing those racial stereotypes? <laughs> there isn't a lot of it in there but you know it's the fifties, so not, it's, no, the context no. is completely different, right. but it's still you know a
0: modern reader. Yeah. Reads it differently. Classic literature usually somehow avoids those problems. Uh, Like if you go back to Grapes of Wrath, uh, Steinbeck, I'm a big Steinbeck fan. Um, and, uh, uh, And he was right in the middle of it. And he... Talked about it, I guess, because the Okies and he used those words. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, somehow he didn't come off as being. I don't get a sense that Steinbeck's being racist. I don't get a sense. It, this is just. This is what's happening. So I yeah. didn't. Even, I didn't go there. Where if I read a Heinlein story, it's very typical. <laughs> <laughs> like, but they were those guys in in that era were writing pulp. They were writing quickly. They yeah. were not
1: editing. So. Steinbeck is a totally different deal. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Too. I'm sure there's other really good examples of literary speculative fiction, and I am completely blanking on it. It's really just stories where character is more dominant than plot or action. Those things exist more so than in typical literary fiction, but... Are you an Ursula Le Guin fan? She's kind of a good example of it, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I I mean, I like her short fiction. Mm -hmm. Some of it very well. I've read a couple of her novels, and it's just... I'm a very literal pragmatic practical person and a lot of her stuff tends to be philosophical
0: yeah
1: and that stuff like I mean she's a brilliant writer but it makes me feel kind of dumb because I'm just like I don't even understand so you know I crawl away feeling sad and then I think you know what I think I'll read something
0: else (laughs) sure sure (laughs) You were talking a little bit about in an MFA class, mm-hmm. and you're writing literary speculative fiction, yes. and uh, you probably got interesting feedback. Uh, you know, so it was a long stretch of time that I was in there from
1: fall 2012 to December of 2017, and the at the beginning of the program, I felt like there was a lot more resistance, and I would not get feedback on what I had written. Um, and some of what I submitted was, there was some, there was, you know, I had, I had a story about a, a dragon whose egg was stolen. I had a story about a kind of bird-like creature that was stuck in a, in a kind of, um, Groundhog Day repeating cycle in a cave way off in the mountains, um, where people were brought through as sacrifices to some mysterious entity. I had sort of spaceship stories. I had a lot of, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that kind of story. And after the first probably semester, it was fine. It was no big deal. Everybody read it. Everybody commented. You know, there were a few sort of there were a few holdouts who were a little bit snarky, but uh, the professors underst- understood that I was working hard and trying to produce quality fiction and offered what feedback they could. What's really interesting about that, and I love my professors very. You know, they're really good at at, at teaching characterization and um, many many things. I don't think that they were as good at at communicating plot, Odyssey is a, is a, an epic experience in terms of learning about how to structure stories and and how to and how to use the structure of your stories to enhance the story you're telling. I think it would be really powerful, mm. uh, you know, because there's all different kinds of stories and mm-hmm. the milieu story and the and character stories and event stories and the other one that I can't think of right now idea stories oh right right yeah. you'll see mice here yes mice <laughs> he says, oh, why should I should
0: have the cheat sheet I was an earlier interview I wrote down because I like, oh that's good yeah.
1: so I mean I, I believe in I believe in, in cross fertilization and learning from everything that's why I, wanted, why I wanted to come in and talk to you I'm curious to see what is going on here I listened to a couple of your uh, episodes by the way and I found them very interesting oh thanks and super short yeah. and you're kind of a hero for doing that <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> sure. But you know, I, I like I like variety and um, I think that variety and, and diversity of experience lends to uh, you know makes a good stew or a brain soup and, and, and you end up with a more complex understanding of the world. Mm, yeah. I learned that uh, politically yeah. through my family, who all of whom completely are complete opposites of what I am, which makes every holiday a fun time. Oh boy. So, yeah. Being the black sheep it's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs>
0: However you found Sci-Fi Thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us a review. Even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show in many ways. Next episode, Chip tells us more about being an architect and his writing. It was a wonderful thing to do. I worked in construction because there weren't any jobs in architecture in the United States at that point.
1: It was at the end of a recession. Mm-hmm. So I came back to the States and worked for a couple of years. And then I moved to Berlin because the wall
0: had just come down.